Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Hello lovely listeners, I'm really excited to jump straight into today's episode. We're starting a new series on the podcast where if you have a dilemma, a challenge or a self-doubty type situation that's troubling you, I really want to help. You can write to me and I'll create a podcast episode especially for you. Now we'll all be listening in, but I'm hoping that this will not only help you, the letter writer, but also everyone else who's in a similar situation. So let me help, write in, tell me everything. Your letter can of course be anonymous if you wish. And all the details for how to do this are in the show notes. So our very first reader letter or listener letter for today's episode, and it comes from Deirdre in Ireland, and she writes... Hi Sass, I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say thank you for putting this work out into the world. I feel like it's hitting the nail right on the head in terms of things that regular coaching or even therapy doesn't look at deeply. I've realised that I'm in a state of some kind of weird shameful paralysis. Having placed lots of importance on achieving and pumping out degrees, I'm now not working. And I have no idea how to decide what's next in case I choose the wrong thing or it's not good enough. Through your emails and prompts, I've realized that I didn't really pay much attention to what I wanted or liked growing up in a house where the chaos of addiction came first. I was wondering whether you might be able to point me in the direction of one of your podcasts that might speak to this. I've spent a long time thinking I'm alone and being a bit loopy, but now I'm thinking perhaps there is a precedence. I hope all is well with you and your loved ones. Many thanks and warm wishes from Ireland. Deirdre. So what a fab letter. Thank you so much Deirdre for writing in. I guess the first thing that comes to me is that to not be working after years of finding what sounds like meaning and fulfillment through your achievements, it makes complete sense that you'd be feeling a bit lost right now. I imagine a lot of your identity has been connected to what you've been able to do and achieve. To me, this is a completely understandable and human response. It's as far from loopy as you can get. And I thought that what might help you, and frankly anyone else who is going through a similar kind of big life change right now, is to talk about what's happening. Most of us go through these changes and our big question is always, what do I do now? And so that's what this episode is designed to answer. I really hope it helps you, Deirdre. So one of the most helpful approaches to change, to big life changes that I've come across was created by Dr. Martha Beck. She's quite well known for being Oprah Winfrey's life coach. She's written a number of books, which I really recommend. And Martha was also one of my first teachers. She's eccentric and quirky and whip smart, and I really enjoyed learning from her. So Martha's change cycle uses this really helpful analogy of the metamorphosis that happens to caterpillars when they become butterflies. And I love this because it's so hopeful, 
but it's also weirdly accurate. So I assumed that caterpillars make a little cocoon or a, it's a chrysalis, isn't it? But they make a little house for themselves and they then grow their legs and wings and antennae. So I assumed if you cut open the little cocoon thingy that you'd find a kind of butterfly-ish caterpillar or a caterpillar-ish butterfly, depending on how far things had progressed. But no, the first thing a caterpillar does in its cocoon is dissolve completely. So if you open that chrysalis up, you find nothing but goo. So if, like Deirdre, you're going through a major life transition, this might sound quite familiar because humans dissolve too, not physically, thank goodness, but psychologically. So this happens if you're changing marital status, matching or dispatching, if you become a parent, if you switch careers, get seriously ill, are made redundant or experience some kind of wild success. If there's a change occurring that fundamentally alters your self-concept, your sense of who you are, it will feel like a metamorphosis. Now the best way through this, in my humble opinion, is to understand what's going on. So this information that I'm sharing with you is hopefully going to help you the next time you go through some kind of transition. So psychological metamorphosis has four phases and they blend into each other at the margins but they're pretty recognizably distinct and you go through these phases more or less in order after any major change. This could be falling in love or breaking up or getting or losing a job or having children or emptying the nest, right? Any major thing that's going on. Now the strategies for dealing with each change stage are different depending on where you are. So let's talk about the four phases and what might help support you go through these. So phase one is meltdown. Fun, right? <laughs> and this, this is the scariest time because we aren't really taught to expect this in our life. It's the time when we kind of lose our identity and we're left in this sort of temporarily formless place. Most people will fight this. We want to keep our identities from dissolving. We might deny that something's happening or try to resist it. We might run away to shopping or scrolling or drinking or eating. We deny our feelings. We try to recapture our former lives or jump immediately towards some kind of new status quo. So if you've ever broken up a relationship and then found yourself on a rebound romance, that's a classic example. And it's totally understandable, right? It's a way that we try to take care of ourselves while we're going through this time of immense disruption. So if you're here, I just want you to know it is scary and you'll get through it. It makes total sense to be resisting the hell out of whatever's happening. Now, Martha Beck calls this phase the death and rebirth time because dissolving can feel like a death. It's the loss of the person that you've been. So you might feel like everything's falling apart, that you're uncertain of your future, that you're losing everyone and everything. We tend to catastrophize a bit when we're in this phase because it just feels so uncomfortable. And we're not very good in our Western culture at ritualizing the dissolving of our past selves. We don't even know what to do. So this is often when people will make contact with a coach. And the question they're always asking is, this has happened, what the hell do I do now? So 
Here's some things you can do to support yourself when you're in meltdown. So the first thing to know is that meltdown is about small moves, literally one day at a time. We don't want to go off into the future or try to think too far ahead. Just concentrate on what's happening right now. I highly recommend building yourself a little chrysalis, right, or a cocoon, whatever the heck it's called. But care for yourself in physical immediate ways. Wrap yourself in a blanket, let the furniture hold you, make yourself hot tea, attend gentle exercise, whatever comforts you, food, supportive movies or books, anything that allows you to really cocoon and take care of you. It's great to talk to someone who's gone through a similar metamorphosis. So you might have a relative or a friend or a coach or a therapist that can be a source of comfort and reassurance for you to know that you're not crazy. This is totally understandable and supposed to happen. And the next thing is to really let yourself grieve Even if you are leaving voluntarily an unpleasant situation like a bad marriage or a job that you didn't particularly like, you'll probably go through the very normal human response to any loss. And that's the grieving process. You kind of cycle through some denial and some anger and some sadness and some acceptance. And that happens all the time. You just go round and round it for a little while. But just letting these feelings happen will help them pass. The one thing that I recommend you don't do in this first phase is make decisions, right? Don't even plan anything at this point. And I know this can sound quite passive and that's frustrating for some folks, but dissolving isn't something you do, it's something that you let happen to you. So just let it happen. Remember that this is supposed to be happening, that this is what a caterpillar can, I guess, interpret as the end of the world, is actually what we know to be the start of their butterflyness. okay? So then you move into phase two, which is dreaming and scheming. So out of meltdown, dreaming and scheming. So at this point, you have your chrysalis and you've melted into some goo. And now the coolest thing to know about this goo is that it's made of cells called imago cells. So this is literally what the caterpillar has dissolved into is imago cells. And the word imago is the Latin root of the words image, imagination and magic. So the cells literally contain the DNA codes for the butterfly that the goo has to imagine. Isn't that kind of fabulous? Like, I don't don't know, I always find that fact incredibly magical, literally. So you'll know if you're leaving phase one and beginning of phase two, when your mind's eye starts seeing images, imaginary pictures, you may be daydreaming about the life you want to create. And Really, this can't be forced. It's like dissolving. It kind of happens to you. It's often not what you expected, but you're becoming a new person, right? You're developing traits and interests and ways of being in the world that your old self probably wouldn't have wanted for you or thought was possible for you. So if you feel compelled to change your hairstyle or wardrobe or redecorate, just don't fight it. Go for it. You're dreaming and scheming. You're seeing what might be possible. You can't return to what was, but you can create this new version of you. 
It's only possible after your meltdown, after your death and rebirth. So Deirdre, my sense is that this is where you are. You're starting to be curious about what you want the next part of your life to look like. And so here's some ways that you might want to respond or play with when you start seeing these images of a possible future. I recommend, and this is a really cheesy life coach suggestion, but make a vision board. Just cut out magazine pictures that you find appealing or interesting. Try not to judge them. If you see words you like, anything that just gives you a good feeling, cut those images out and glue them onto a massive piece of paper. Don't worry too much about what it looks like while it's forming, but when you complete the piece of paper just stand back and look at it and see what you make it mean what how do you interpret this what does it tell you about what your unconscious or subconscious is sort of leading you towards let yourself daydream right so your job at this point is to try out imaginary scenarios until you have a clear picture of your goals and desires what you want your preferences And these might be new, right? They may not be things that you've wanted in the past. Just give yourself permission to do this in your head before you attempt it in reality, right? And experiment with yourself, like new clothing, makeup, hairdo, home decor, all of that kind of imagery stuff. It really helps to play with this because you start to learn a bit more about where you're heading, what you want to do and be. At some point, you'll probably start to feel an impulse to move out of dreaming and scheming to actually bringing these things into reality. So phase two, this this dreaming and scheming phase, is all about the imagination, images, making them up, making them clear, making them possible. Just go with the flow. You'll find that the imago of your imagination has some idea of what's next for you. It can be quite a fun and magical phase. And, you know, I think I've probably been here half a dozen times in the last 20 years. And I can remember really distinctly after my marriage broke down and I went home to my family to kind of grieve and figure out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. Before I even knew about coaching, I can remember driving with my brother and his wife up the Gold Coast of Australia, listening to some pop radio station and just suddenly feeling like I would be okay and having this image of me living alone for the first time in a little house and I could see there was a garden outside and I had a cat an orange cat (laughs) and I have no idea why that image came to me but it made me feel good it made me feel like oh this marriage has ended but maybe something new is possible and I had this weird deja vu flashback when I moved into my house about a year later in Wellington in New Zealand that I'd renovated and I brought George, my orange cat, home from the SPCA. I honestly didn't think about that image until I was literally walking through the door and going, oh my gosh, I live here. I live in the house that I imagined, you know, a year, 18 months beforehand. So I honestly don't know how that works, like if those sort of subconscious images are just kind of playing out and on some level that we're not aware of, but there can be something really magical about just allowing yourself to daydream and to play and to trust that the good feeling is leading you somewhere that is going to feel really meaningful and fulfilling to you. 
So as your dreams become schemes, you'll start feeling a bit itchy to make them true. And this signals that you're entering stage three, which is the implementation stage of Martha's change process. And she calls this the emerging phase. So it's when you stop kind of fantasizing about starting a business for your knitwear and you buy the URL, right? You decide that instead of swiping left or is it right? I don't know, I'm not on apps, but you start actually asking people to meet up, right? You enroll in the course, you actually start doing things, physical, real actions to start building your new life. And then you'll fail (laughs) repeatedly. It won't go as you've expected, right? So this phase is when the butterfly is kind of emerging from the chrysalis and it's awkward and there's damp wings and it doesn't really know how to fly yet and everything is pretty clunky, right? So this phase is also sometimes called the hero's saga, which always makes me think about Lord of the Rings. So you'll find a map, but then you'll meet some dragons and also elves, but then the orcs, right? So no one succeeds on the first try. You're reforming your life. Like anything new and complex and important, it's going to bring up a ton of problems you didn't expect. So the way through the hero saga, the way through that emergence is to expect things to go wrong. Right? Most of my clients will envision a dream and formulate a scheme and have an early fail and then decide that's a sign that it wasn't meant to be. And this is just not useful right? We need to let go of the idea that somehow failure is wrong. It's all an experiment and you're just going to keep working through it towards what does feel good, even if your initial efforts are a bit unexpected or unsuccessful. Be willing to start over every time something doesn't go to plan. You might briefly return to that first phase of feeling a bit lost and confused, but it's okay because you, you won't stay there very long because you already know where you're headed. So the key to phase three is persistence. You just keep going. You will cultivate courage and resilience, hopefully a sense of humor. And I'm hoping you won't be doing this on your own, right? You'll be finding your band of elves that can support you as you go through this third stage. And they might be new people to you, right? People who are getting to know you as this new version of yourself. They may be going through the same thing too. It's so important to find folks that really get us where we are. Eventually, if you keep going, you will get to phase four, which is flight. If phase three is the crawling out of the chrysalis and waiting for your soggy wings to expand, phase four is where you have this new identity and it's fully formed and you're able to fly. So this is the fun part, right? You can just enjoy it. You've negotiated through a scary, dramatic transformation, a metamorphosis of your identity. Your self-concept has expanded to hold this new version of you. So you're allowed to savor it and enjoy it. Spend time just feeling gratitude for it. And there's no need to make any major changes at this point. Just try the small improvements, you know, you go back to that kind of small moves from stage one, where you're finding little ways of making your new life a bit less stressful, a bit more pleasurable. Trust that another change is probably around the corner. 
There's no way to predict how long you'll stay in phase four. It might be days and it might be decades, but it's okay. You don't have to attribute your happiness, your meaning and fulfillment to your new identity. The security, that sense of self and self-belief, that lies in knowing that you have been through a metamorphosis. So whatever happens in the future, you've been through it and you've negotiated it and now you're in a different place. And no one can take that away from you. Those lessons are going to be gold for the next time that change happens. We're always in transition, usually in some part of our lives. And once we kind of relax and and accept that that's part of it, then it can be just much less stressful. So Deidre, I hope this has helped you to kind of make sense of where you're at. I know that this change can feel scary. Maybe it's sometimes even painful, but it is also the way to experience the new version of you, the new you that's possible after you leave that caterpillar identity, right? And the more you can accept the process and take care of yourself and dream big and just work at it, keep learning, you will get your wings. Hey, if you're going through a change right now or some kind of transition, if you're feeling a bit lost at sea or you're just struggling to find a decent coach to talk to, I really want you to think about Self-Belief Coach Match. This is a matchmaking service for trained, qualified, brilliant practitioners that I have trained personally in my self-doubt methodology. Self-Belief Coach Match launches in May of 2021 if you're listening live. You can register using the link in the show notes. Uh, You'll be able to work with a coach for a single session or for a package of six sessions of self-belief coaching. Do sign up if you're looking for a coach, if you want some support to make your way through the next stage of change for you. I'd be so honored to hook you up with one of the best coaches I know. Hey, if you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the self-doubt archetypes quiz. It's totally free and you'll uncover your particular flavor of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.sasspetherick.com backslash archetype for all the details.